let's get to this. Hearing the voice of Jesus. We're, I'm going to circle back around. We're actually going to pray through and ask Jesus about some of the fears that might be in our hearts tonight, okay? But hearing the voice of Jesus. I said in quotes here because whenever we use that phrase, Jesus did say, we're going to see it in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. So he's the one that used that word. But of course, in our language, that usually sounds like auditory, right? To hear his voice. And I think this is one of the reasons why so many people don't think they hear from God. Like, I'm not hearing any auditory voice. There must be something wrong with me. That's, that's, um, so, um, we're going to talk about that more, what Jesus said, but I also want to give a different title tonight, which is discovering heart-to-heart connection with God. In other words, I want to just say the same thing in a totally different way to give you a different, you know, a visual or sense of this, that we're talking about heart-to-heart communication with the one who lives inside of you. Now, that's entirely different than waiting for some outward audible voice to speak to you. And, um, and so... We, uh, we actually are going to teach a series, a class. Uh, we were going to teach a six, seven-week series, Russ and I, on, and Susan, on that very title. Um, we were going to start it either this Tuesday or next. We've decided because of what's going on in the world, we're just putting a slight timeout on it. I'm not sure how long, a couple weeks maybe, and then we will start it. So you'll, you'll hear from us about it. Because how many of you are here when I, when I handed out the, the index cards and said, hey, you know, write down something if you, if you, uh, you want to, yeah, a lot of you are raising your hands. I said, write down something if you, about how you would want to be discipled or if you were going to disciple others because of this harvest that's coming of souls. And we're supposed to not only tell them about Jesus, but those that are interested, go have coffee with them. Share your own life and your own journey to give them a better understanding of how to follow Jesus. That's called discipleship. It's just that that word has so many meanings. We, we aren't using that word that much, but that's what, it, that's what it is, discipleship. When I handed out that cards, I was fascinated by what came back. I, I not only read them all, I typed them all out, and I sent them to, to the leaders of the church because I said, we need to know what's on, the, on your hearts and the one thing that came up far and away more than anything else is right there, actually, the first one. How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear the voice of Jesus? I mean, I bet you of two and a half pages, probably a quarter of, of one page was just over and over again, over again. How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear his voice? So that's why we want to do a whole class on this. But tonight, I'm just going to touch on it from John 10. All right? And to do that... I got to go back to John chapter 9, which is in and of itself a story that, need, that requires a whole evening, and I would love to talk about this encounter, but not tonight. However, I got to tell you in 30 seconds time what happened, because it totally plays into John 10. And part of reading the Bible that helps us understand Jesus is to know the context of who he was talking to and why. So in John 9, the quick version is he heals a man born blind, a young man who was born blind his whole life. I mean, miraculous, amazing. Um, it's the thing with the, the mud. You know, he spits and does the mud, and there's so much significance in all that, which I'm not going to get into tonight. And, um, and so you'd think that everybody was thrilled with this, right? Well, um, not everyone was thrilled, I, right? You know, isn't this true for you, right? When you, you're following Jesus, you're doing amazing things. Isn't it amazing that not everybody is thrilled with you? Um. So who was not thrilled with Jesus? Well, yeah, you guessed it. It was the Pharisees, the Pharisees. And um, yeah, they were perturbed, incensed, stewing, storming, exasperated, and displeased at Jesus. See, I never know if I can use that word here. So it's an acronym. (laughs) I'm just letting you get it. It's okay. My... My clever acronym, because I don't know if that word's okay or not in these circles. So, <laughs> so that's my very silly humor. And um, why were they so angry? I mean, they were like this all the time with him because they were threatened. Because they didn't believe he was the Messiah. What did he do wrong? He hailed on the Sabbath, if you can believe that. Because you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. And they said, this is work, so he can't be from God. And uh, the, the son, they go back and they, they, they talk to the young man, you know, what happened? Well, I don't know. I was blind. Now I see. 
And, and, and in the end, they, they kind of knew that Jesus was talking to them when he said, he said to them, um, you know, if you, uh, the, the blind, those who, who know they're blind, they're going to see. Those who think they can see, they're, they're, they're blind. And they said, they basically said, you talking to us? The Pharisees are saying to Jesus, are you talking to us? Are you calling us blind? This is the intro into chapter 10. Did you know that us hearing the voice of Jesus and him being the shepherd, he was actually, a whole bunch of what he was saying was actually to these Pharisees? Did you know that? It kind of changes things a little bit. It, it makes it very interesting for sure. He says in John 10, 1, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall, he's talking to some people who are listening in called the Pharisees, the religious leaders. People who sneak in over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveal himself as a thief coming to steal. This is a sheep gate. Um, there were, they were different sizes, but this is kind of typical of what they were, little walls. Sheep came in and out of them like for the night, so they had safety so that the wolves and others didn't get to them. Sometimes different sheep from different flocks would be in there at the same time. Some sheep gates were way bigger than this. And so, and so you had to have a, a gatekeeper that, that didn't just let anybody in or out. Well, Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, hey, you're sneaking over the wall. And anytime you sneak over the wall, something's, something's not smelling quite right. He's going to go on, but I just wanted you to catch this. And by the way, if you ever get confused, I'm not going to clear it all up for you tonight, but if you ever get confused in John 10 about, wait a minute, is Jesus the gate? Wait, is he the shepherd? Wait a minute, is he the... It's because he, tell, he actually uses about three different analogies in the same chapter. Totally confusing if you try to make it all fit into one. He's talking sheep and shepherd the whole time, sheep gate. But he switches around who is what several times. I'm just telling you that. I'm giving you a clue if you look at this later that you kind of have to see. There's several little uh, vignettes that he's, he's telling about. Well, we're just going to stick with this one. He goes, but the true shepherd walks right up to the gate. That's Jesus. He's walking right up there. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, the gatekeeper opens the gate to let him in. So the gatekeeper's not going to just let anybody up and take sheep out. Who's the gatekeeper? Well, most would say for Jesus that gatekeeper was actually John the Baptist because he was the one that said, hey, this is the Savior. This is the guy we've all been talking about that was coming, the Messiah. Gatekeeper says, yep, this is the guy. Jesus comes in. All right, and it goes on, he goes on to say, and the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own out, his own by name, and leads them out, for they belong to him. So picture this sheep gate, and here's Jesus. I, I'm legit, I belong, I can come in and call my sheep out. So he's calling his sheep, interesting, he's calling them out. You'd think you'd want to be inside, right? We want to be in where it's safe. No, he's calling you out. Remember like uh, Karina last week sharing, he's calling us out, right? But he's also calling us out. Here's another analogy. There's a lot of layers when Jesus tells stories. But one of the layers is this. That wall can also represent the law, which is keeping everybody, you know, right in here. And Jesus is saying, why don't you come on out where the air is clear? Let's come out and live in a land of grace where there's no limits. And in this place, I'm going to show you things you've never seen before. Things that, that the law, that tradition could never show you about real living. Okay? Then he says, and when, this is Jesus talking. He says, and when the shepherd has brought out all of his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they follow him. For they're familiar with his voice. Here we go now. Now we're getting into the voice. They're, why do we follow Jesus? Because we're familiar with him. We, we know that. We know this voice. Let me go on. I'm going to talk about that more. But, but they, the sheep are going to run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. We're going to watch a video, and then we're actually going to pray a little bit. To, to believe Jesus, the, I will tell you this, this I, 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 I believe this with all my heart. The singular reason, the, 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 heart, the reason why we have the hardest time um, hearing the voice or thinking that we hear the voice is because we won't believe him that we do. We're going to get back to that, but we won't believe. It's so simple. You, we have to start with the truth. We have to start with what Jesus said. 
And even if our experiences doesn't seem to back it up the way we want it to, if we go off of that, we're, we're starting to go down a wrong road. We start by what Jesus said. You do hear my voice, and you're going to follow me, and you will not follow a stranger. Okay? Check this out now before we go on. Let me set it up for you for a minute. You're going to see four people out trying to get the attention of a flock of sheep. Three of them are strangers. The last one is their master, the farmer. Watch this, and then I'll be right back. One more time. knows what he's talking about, why he uses illustrations like this. Didn't, couldn't care less. I've watched tons of these videos. We're actually going to see one more with a song later. They were all the same. It's like, but the sheep knew exactly who their master was. I, I raised a sheep in, in uh, 4-H uh, in high school, and absolutely when I came, there was three sheep there, and when I came, my sheep uh, turned and started because he, because he knew when I was there that also meant he was going to get fed. He was, and he was excited. We went out for walks every time I went, but my sheep knew who I was, and the others didn't respond to me. So I even personally know this. Um, and um, so, <sighs> yeah. So even now, just for a moment, just just close your eyes for a moment, okay? And and this is where we're going to start. We're going to start with agreeing. Jesus, I hear your voice. Just tell him that. Jesus, I hear your voice. Or Jesus, I know your voice. Okay. Now, here's the next thing. Keep your eyes closed. But but uh, it, for some of you, this might help. For me, I do this often. I put my hand right, you know, right over my chest because... Because so often, sometimes I do it slightly below my chest. That, that seems to be like, like a place where I just so feel the presence sometimes. And, um, and for me, uh, knowing Jesus' voice is the happiness that comes. The joy is a better word, the, the inward joy. But sometimes it's so hard to explain, really. But it's almost like a, a feeling that comes um, almost from behind my heart cavity and around and then just makes its way through and up and out. It, it's like this gush, the gushing out that Jesus talks about. Does that happen all the time? No, not at all. It happens really when I'm more aware. And, and I start with, often, I, I, talk, I begin talking and saying, Jesus, you're in me. You're in me, Jesus. You're right here. You love me. So these are some of the words I want to encourage you right now. As I pray for you, I, I say, Jesus, would you make yourself known? Jesus, Jesus, come and make yourself known. Let these sheep, all of us as your sheep, let us feel you, sense you, know your love, the tenderness of who you are in 
inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. We're not trying to call you from somewhere else. You are, we are one with you. So again, just say, thank you, Jesus, that I hear your voice. Thank you that I know you. Thank you that we are one. <laughs> now, for me, a lot of times, just like that, joy starts oozing up and out. I, I wish I try to use different words because it's, it's really hard to describe words. And this isn't the only way that Jesus communicates or speaks. But for me, this is that inward knowing Christ in me that flips everything around. When I'm in that place and I feel his presence, this is a true statement. When I'm in that place and I feel his presence, I cannot be afraid. That's a true statement. Because both things can't coexist. It's just that we're usually often quite unaware of his presence. And so for me, when I stop and I'm intentional about Jesus, you're right here. So often I begin to feel, not always, but so often I begin to feel his presence welling up in his love and I get tears and laughter and all that good stuff. If you don't feel it right away, don't get discouraged. Keep going. And your agreement matters. Your agreement that you hear, that you know his voice, it matters. Okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do another listening thing in just a minute. I just wanted to stop and and you know I could say a whole lot of words, but I would much rather if I could give you just a little bit more of an inkling of the reality of Christ in you and that connection that's always there, and it changes something in you from this point. I'd much rather have that than a thousand words I could say. So we're gonna try this again in just a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna get back to what Jesus said. This is still the same. Same uh, time he's talking, same passage. He says, I speak to you in eternal truth. See, now he says, I'm the gate. I'm the gate for the flock. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. I love this picture because you can see the walls are still there, and you kind of got the aridness and the dryness of what the world has to offer, or our own, you know, when we're in dry places and we're not aware of Jesus. But there's Jesus. There's always, always inviting us into life. And it's like if you could just, if we walk through that door, you can see it's going to be expansive. There's, you go from dry nothing to endless possibilities and wonder with him. But he says this. He says, uh, a thief, though, has only one thing in mind. He wants to still kill and destroy. Now, I want to remind you, he's actually talking um, about right now to the Pharisees. But not just to the Pharisees. He's talking to anybody who's trying to steal the, the affection of the sheep or, or tell them that, um, you know, lead them into, I want you to follow me. Like if I make this about me, all about me, instead of trying to help lead you to Jesus, then I'm actually in that category who's starting to steal from you what is yours. Jesus doesn't want any person in this room to have a relationship with him through me. I'm here, to, I'm here just, just to say, man, Jesus, right? This is Jesus. you got to know him. And along with you, I am on this journey to know him more and more. But, but yeah, you can't, you can't in, enjoy Jesus through me. You just have to enjoy Jesus. For yourself. Now, of course, it's wonderful when we gather, when we hear from different people, we get encouraged, you learn some things, but when it gets right down to it, it's, it really is going to come back to you needing to hear and feel and know for yourself, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I'm telling you, if we will get this, there's nothing in the way. There's nothing going to stand in the way first of all, of intimacy with him, but then of, of being Jesus to the world. You know, we can stand up here and, you know, get you all revved up, excited, like, come on, let's go, be Jesus. But unless you connect with the master yourself, unless you know his voice, and you just told yourself you do, you're actually, you're actually, you actually won't 
that excitement's not going to take you very far. Let me put it that way. Jesus, though, oh, that's going to take you as far and as far and as far as, as he wants to go with you. And he's going to take you places you never dreamed possible. Now, this isn't a guilt thing. Jesus never does guilt trips. That's one of the things I love about Jesus, right? He doesn't do guilt trips. So this is not about, oh, you haven't spent enough time with Jesus. This is simply, one more time, reminding you that Jesus himself said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. They're not going to follow a stranger. They'll actually run. They're going to run away. You know what running means? It means just called discernment. It's like something's not right here. Something doesn't, I, something feels off. And so I'm going to go back to Jesus. I'm going to see what Jesus has to say. John 10.10, 10, but Jesus says, my desire is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. There's that door again. And here we go. Life in its fullness until you overflow. This is what he promises you. Now, don't get me wrong. We're supposed to rub off on each other. We're supposed to encourage each other. We need each other. We do. And there's no substitute for your own connection with Jesus. There's no no substitute for you knowing the voice of Jesus. So he goes on and says, I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those whose hearts are mine. For they recognize me and know me, just as, just as he says, my sheep, can you all agree that you are a sheep? Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> good. Good one, Todd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to practice? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know this crowd will practice. <laughs> For they recognize him. He says to you, sheepies, he says, he says that they recognize me. He's He's got a lot of confidence in you, doesn't he? It's actually his spirit right inside of you. They recognize me. They know me just as, in the very same way as, my Father knows my heart, and I know the Father's heart. That's amazing. This is what he thinks about you. So for you to say, I don't hear Jesus' voice, I don't know Jesus, when you have given your life to Jesus... And, and, uh, and if you haven't given your life to Jesus, tonight's an exceptional time to do that. That's how all this starts, by the way. Jesus, yes. My Messiah, yes. I want you. I want to follow you. Receive your forgiveness. I know most of you in this room have done that. I'm just, I just never want to pass by that. Like, yes, go through the gate for heaven's sake. Say yes to Jesus. And when you do, out on the other side comes this, this beautiful Savior who wants to lead you to life and more life and more life. And he's the one that says to you, you know me and I know you in the very same way as I know my dad, my father, and he knows me. That's saying something. If we would start believing that, even today, when I was pondering some of this, he was reminding me, I was looking back, he was reminding me of different times in my life, and we're all really good at beating ourselves up, and, and where we're not, and what we think we haven't done, and he, he started showing me the, the different moments of my life where I've just loved him, and been faithful, and loved on that person, and all the things that make us followers of Jesus, and he's like, you understand, this is just the way you are, you understand we're one, he's giving me this pep talk, like, yeah, this is all true, this is all true, and he goes on to say, oh, he goes on to say, this is David, oh, you know, I think we do have time for this, I wasn't sure, I think we have time, David in Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. This is our shepherd. I stumbled upon, and I'm only going to play one minute of a video that is so good, but it was a pastor talking to a group of people out in um, Israel where this was written from, that point of view, where... um, he talks later about, you know, a lot of times when we read this, we think that this means we're going to be in, a, in an alfalfa field that's like way steep, you know, of green, of green grass. That's kind of our, our picture of, these, of this green, uh, green pastures. And he's going to show you from Middle East perspective what this might look like or what it does look like. But it's really good. Just listen to this. 
That's what we refer to as the green pastures. So the shepherd looks for a hillside. That's exactly what she was doing. Look at that flock across from us there. Just stunning. Those two shepherd girls have found a hillside that either was exposed to the wind or had that small amount of rain. And they move that flock across the hillside and it's one mouthful here, walk a step or two, another mouthful, another mouthful, another mouthful. Now that changes the green pasture image a little bit besides the picture changing radically. Green pastures are not everything you need for the rest of your life. If you make that belly deep alfalfa, then what God is saying, if you follow me, I'm gonna plunk you down and you'll never have to move an inch the rest of your life. Just reach out and grab it. Tell me that your life with God has been like that. Worry, said one rabbi, is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's pasture. In the desert, you learn, the shepherd will get you what you need for right now. 10 minutes from now, you trust the shepherd. Just enough. Very interesting, huh? It's like um, my good friend Paul, William Paul Young, author of the Shack Coot, who encourages us not to do any future tripping. He calls future tripping when we expend, we spend today's grace on things that are tomorrow and beyond that haven't even happened yet. Um, and Jesus said, each day has enough worries of its own. Don't, don't go there. Is what Jesus said. Don't go there. Each day has enough worries of its own. And in that same parable or story, in that, in that one, when Jesus was talking, he said, it's my Father's good pleasure to take care of you. Little, little flock is what it says. Oh, little lammies. Uh, actually, the Greek is little diapered ones. Because he knows... As little ones, we get scared. So he doesn't blame us. He doesn't get mad at us for being scared. He just tells us the truth again. Come in a little closer. Let me take care of you. It's going to be okay. But don't expend today's grace on tomorrow. And, uh, and then later on in the passage, Jesus says again, my sheep hear my voice. So uh, what we're going to do with, um, with I'm going to sh- show you another video. This is video night, isn't it? Um, but I like these. These really did something to me. This is going to be, um, I love this song, actually. It's, uh, I think it's Jeremy Riddle, I believe. And, um, uh, but the videos behind it, especially the first one, I'm going to just clue you in that, that it's another shepherd calling out to the sheep. Um, only because of the fog and the mountainside, you can't even see them. But after a while, here they come. I just, I just it does something to me. Every time I watch this, because we, we are the sheep of his flock. We run after Jesus. We hear his voice. And yes, yes, sometimes we stray. Yes, sometimes we forget. But I'm telling you, not for very long. He won't let you, right? He's not going to let up. Psalm 23 is my grace and my mercy. They're going to chase you down every day of your life. This is what he does. And so that voice is is. Usually that inward calling, I'm here, haven't gone anywhere, I'm right here, come follow, come follow, here we go. So we're going to watch this together and then we're going to, then we're going to um, do some more listening, prayer listening. Let the pain in my life find its healing in your eyes. Every hurt, every loss, pull me closer to your heart. And let the wind and the waves bring a new courage and a faith. Sing it out, sing it out. And the Lord is my shepherd and the
So again, together, we're going to just take a minute to listen. As we were watching that, I, the Lord was um, revealing to me, and when I say that, I could say he was talking to me, but what I really mean is inwardly revealing to me that when he says, my sheep follow, it again, he is confident in himself and his ability to um, communicate, to reach, to touch your heart in a way, in a way that's going to um, draw you. So, so when he says, "My sheep hear my voice," he's not he's not placing his confidence in your ability to hear. <laughs> he's placing the confidence in his ability to communicate with you in a way that's going to draw you. This is why he can say it with confidence. And so, we're going to listen right now just to the heartbeat of Jesus. And um, as we do, I want to I want to ask this question. Um, in uh, in the Bible, there's the the story of the disciples going across the lake when the storm, you know, huge storm came up. They were petrified, and Jesus was asleep in the boat. And when they wake him, they thought, "Jesus, you don't care." So if you've ever had that feeling like God doesn't care, you're not alone. Even his followers had that feeling, you don't care. And Jesus woke up and he asked them a question. He said, why are you afraid? So I want, he's asking you this question. I just want you in the quietness of your heart. And it doesn't have to be necessarily about the, the coronavirus. It could be something entirely different. But just let him speak to your heart. Because he's asking you a question. So actually what he's doing is drawing out of you a response. Why are you so afraid? What is it? And for some of you, you you already you're you're sensing things. You're having, you know, a dialogue with Jesus right now. And you know your your answer may be a little bit more on the surface. Well, I'm afraid because of uh, fear of finances. I'm afraid of um, a, a virus. And so Jesus' next question is, okay. And so why are you afraid? Like he wants to go the next layer down. What about that is actually causing the fear? What are you afraid of? He wants to meet you in that place. encourage you to ask Jesus this question. You can ask him about this specifically, about what you've been inwardly dialoguing with him about, but the question is, Jesus, is there something you want to tell me? You know, does he want to reveal truth to you about this situation, or he might surprise you? But just go ahead and ask the question, Jesus, is there something you want to tell me? And I want to remind you that in that story, the the real event that happened of the boat crossing the Galilee in the storm, after he asked why they were afraid, he, he calmed the storm. He calmed it. He he stepped in, took his authority, and, and the very thing that was frightening them, he took care of it. just want to remind you of the truth of who Jesus is. So often, hearing Jesus, hearing the Father, uh, starts with knowing the true character, the true nature 
of a God who is totally for you, a God who loves you beyond measure, a God who says, don't you understand, I, I paid everything for you. You are of infinite worth to me. I care about the things you care about. In the places where you're afraid, he says, I, I do tell you, don't be afraid. But I'm not just going to, as some of us had parents that just kind of yelled at us and told us what we could or couldn't feel. He's not doing that. He's saying, why don't you come to me and tell me what it is, and I'm going to show you truth and set you free and bring peace back to your life because I am the Prince of Peace. And we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to take communion together. <clears throat> if, um, if we had the time, I would love to actually to have several of you up here to, to hear what just happened. But can I encourage you, one of the, one of the things we're going to do as we, when we teach this class is we are going to um, encourage you to journal. And, and, uh, if, and some of you have journaled before, some of you maybe you have and you haven't for a while. Um, as you're learning to, to hear God for yourself, journaling is a really wonderful, helpful tool. And um, so I, I say that because if, even if you got just a little bit tonight, even if you felt like, oh, that something just got released or, you know, something felt better, um, please write it down. Like, write it down tonight. Because um, all these little things keep happening, and often we forget all about them. And then we go right back to, well, guess God really doesn't care about me because we're forgetting the many, many, many times he meets us and connects with our hearts. So I just want to encourage you to do that. So before we take communion together, I want to end with communion. Um, I wanted to look specifically back at what a couple of the prophets um, that are kind of in the circles that most of us are familiar with and, and kind of trust their voice. Um, and the first is Sean Boltz. Um, some of you maybe have seen this. I just pulled out a little bit of what he said regarding this uh, coronavirus. This is all within the last week. Uh, and Sean says, even now... <clears throat> So he's prophesying several vaccines are coming out, as well as a natural dying out of the virus itself. The Lord is saying, I am removing the threat of this. Within a short amount of time, the extreme threat will feel like it is in the way past. Psalm 56, 9, the very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemy flees. This one thing I know. God is on my side. Now, why, why do prophets speak? They speak because um, they speak God's trying to get a message out, in this case, to a lot of people that are scared. Not everybody, you know, is going to know Sean Boltz or listen to him, but there are many who will. And what does God do? He, he, he brings calm. He brings peace. He brings assurance. This is who I am. Always reminds us of who he is, right? And so, you know, of course, I read that and, and, and I get a lot of comfort out of that. When, when it says the dying out of the virus itself, um, you know, what, what, the, what that speaks to me is that, yeah, there's a cycle of that, that, that God's already putting to an end. So there's still wisdom in, in um, you know, for those of you that, that are choosing to be more careful about, about interactions and all that kind of stuff and washing your hands more and all that, that's all good. There's nothing unholy or unspiritual about that. God actually gives us lots of wisdom along the way. But isn't it great to know um, from, from a source that, that, okay, let me say this, from a source that I trust, Sean Boltz, but let me say this. Any prophetic word still is, has to resonate with your own heart and your own spirit. Like, a prophet is not supposed to replace your walk with Jesus and your hearing Jesus. So any prophetic word, whether it's a personal prophetic word or whether like this it's a corporate worldwide one, you're still looking for that thing in you that, that resonates with it. That's the voice. That's the hearing Jesus. That's another way of hearing Jesus. You're like, ooh, boom, boom. This is, yes, my, not just because it's what I want to hear, but there's something in me that knows it's true. It's like there's some, it's resonating. So prophetic words are meant to confirm what God is saying to you. Sometimes those words, Bill teaches on this all the time, but sometimes those prophetic words come before 
um, you hear it from God. Sometimes they come after you hear it from God. Either way, it's still a confirmation. It either confirms something you knew in your heart he was speaking to you about, or you don't know it yet. A prophet speaks a word to you. You kind of go, well, it's pretty good. It's kind of resonating, but I think I'll put that on a shelf because I don't know what to do with that yet. And then half a year later, a year later, something happens, and you're like, oh, God, this is what you said, and now it's happening. See, he confirms it beforehand. Anyway, this is just the way prophecy works. Here's, um, so it's not supposed to replace your own walk with Jesus and your own hearing Jesus. And Doug Addison is the next name who we've had many times here at Blazing Fire, a personal friend of mine for 30 years. And Doug says, the global attack of the coronavirus is against the global outpouring that is coming to the earth. Many of the prophets have been releasing prophetic words about a coming global move of God, revival. This is a direct attack against revival. So then he models a prayer. Lord, you want to pray this with me? Lord, we ask that you release a stop of the global epidemic. We ask for healing of those affected. We proclaim full authority over this virus and any associated attacks of illness and death in Jesus' name. Now that right there was an example of the body Christ being the ecclesia, which is the word Jesus used for the church, meaning we have authority from heaven to earth, but we have to declare things. We have to use it. We have to understand that we actually shift things when we agree with God's heart. All right? Now, a um, couple of scriptures, Psalm 91. When we, you want to read this with me? It's good. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? I love it. Truth is truth when, when I hear it. Now, your brain sometimes goes, but wait a minute, how come I got sick? How come, how come, how come? This is where the battle starts going because you start trying to reason it out with um, experience. And you're like, well, I'm not sure I want to believe that. But here's, this is the thing, is when we start, when we start letting um, our, our, our doubts are, well, I'm not sure this isn't lining up, so I'm going to go with my experience. We're actually starting to walk away from the shepherd a little bit. He loves you the same. He hasn't gone anywhere. Don't worry. But we're walking away from truth. And he says, no, I understand you don't fully get it yet, but keep believing, keep agreeing with truth, because truth sets you back in, lock you into that place where you're not going to be afraid. He says, no, agree with me. Um, one of the words, one of the things I read when I was looking at words in the Elijah list about, about the coronavirus was John G. Lake. And how there was, which plague was it? Do you remember? The bubonic plague at the time when John G. Lake was, a, if you don't know that name, you know, a long time ago was a healer and, and just, just amazing uh, seeing all kinds of healings. And, um, and so the bubonic plague was there and they actually looked, you know, with a microscope and, 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 and like kind of infected his skin and watched it die on his skin, like under the microscope. What is that? Oh, that's like Jesus touching the lepers. Amen. Yes, they're all adorable. Um, that's like <laughs> that bubonic plague dying on John G. Lake's skin. That's Jesus touching the lepers. Jesus did not. I promise you he didn't put a mask on, and you're not wrong for doing a mask. I'm not. I'm not this is not judgment at all. I'm saying we all have a ways to go. And that's, that was my point with this. We all got a ways to go in fully agreeing with what God says is true. And all of us at times are sliding back into something that's not really truth. So I, that was just a way to say, hey, even if it doesn't always feel truth, go back to the truth and say, God, this is what's true. Let's do one more of those. Uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. And now, um, kind of leading into communion, um, I want to read to you. Cindy Jacobs also posted something. I realize some of you know who she is, some of you don't. Uh, another prophet. Uh, and Cindy um, said a lot of things, but I just wrote a couple of them. One is, she says, make a decree 
that the coronavirus will cease worldwide and that God will heal all who are currently affected by it. She's saying the same thing, like, church, stand up. You have authority. You have a voice. Use it. Fear gets you silent. Like, who am I to say? And if I say something, maybe I'll be a target. All that kind of weird stuff. Stand up. Use your authority. So, can we just, uh, oh, you want to stand up? Okay, so let's stand up. So we're just, all we're going to do after the word Cindy Jacobs there is we're going to add the word we, and we're going to say the rest. You ready? We make a decree that the coronavirus will cease worldwide and that God will heal all who are currently affected by it. Way to go, church. Yay. All right, you could sit. Um, and, and this is what we're going to do together now. She says, reconsecrate yourselves, your families, and your nation to God through the taking of communion. Reconsecrate. That's a word we use every other day, right? No, we don't. Um, so what she's saying is, is, is give yourselves over again. Remember whose you belong to. I belong to you, Jesus, my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what she's saying. But do it through communion. And she says, remember the miracle of Passover. Decree the protection of the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your spheres. Which means, again, that in the, in, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but in, when the spirit of death came over uh, in, in, in Egypt, they were, the Jews were told, put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost and it passes over you. So what this means, again, is use your decrees, use your words for yourself, your family, your workplace, your school, your block. How much faith do you have? You can keep going. Your city, your, the Bay Area. The world. We actually just made declarations about the world a second ago. So this is about us agreeing with the power of the blood of Jesus. So let's go ahead and pa- pass out communion, and then we're going we're gonna to go from there. So what's going to be passed out to you? We're going to take communion together and pray together. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crackers are gluten-free. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> Jesus is the real deal, though. So what's, this is going to be uh, passed out, and um, please take a, a cup and a, and a cracker, and then we're going to just hold it. We're going to take it together. Um, do the kids very last so that they're not holding on to for a long time, yeah. <laughs> We were all kids once. All right, tell you what. Any, while we're passing this out, does anybody want to share? Did, when we just listen to Jesus, listen to what I'm asking you to share. Don't come up and share whatever you want. When we were listening to Jesus, did he just tell you something that was, that was significant that you would want to share? Anyone? All right, now, see, now I made everyone like, I better say the right thing, otherwise Pastor Brent might be mad. <laughs> Anyone? Want to share? Yeah, come on, Mary Jo. Thank you. Thanks for being brave, Mary Jo. So what did Jesus convey to you? He just said, do you really, really believe me? And I think I was taught from a very young age that, you know, Jesus is not always true. He's not always there for you. But he was saying to me, yes, I am. I'm here for you. Just, it's, it was just deeper. It was really, really deep. It was not just, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Mary Jo. And, and Mary Jo, it's the, the words probably don't even do it justice, right? Of what, because it's all, that's the thing. That's why it's so hard when people say, well, what does the voice of Jesus sound like? Well, it's not really audible. It's this inward thing, usually, that's so big and transformative that words kind of pale in comparison, but we give it a shot. Anyone else want to share? (laughs) All right. Yeah? Okay, come on up, Matthew. One more, and then we'll take communion together. So I admit I actually wasn't in here for most of the message because I was with the baby. But when I walked in here, uh, I just felt like Jesus wanted to say that um, 
he is with us all the time. Exactly what Mary Jo was saying, and maybe I'm just going off of, flowing off of what she said. Uh-oh. But, um, <laughs> okay. But what, what Jesus, I felt Jesus wanted to say is that he's, he's not afraid of, go, of going to the darkest places with you. Like, things that feel dark, maybe feel dark for some of you in your heart, and you don't know how to deal with it. I just felt like it's almost like he's longing to go there. That's what I was feeling. Like, it's a place he wants to go most with you. So, Thank you, Matthew. Really good. All right. Looks like we're about ready to go here. Um, Yeah, we'll still get to you, I promise. You have not been forgotten. You are loved. Isn't that awesome, though? Like, as kids, because we're all kids in God's kingdom, and there are times when we're like, Lord, don't forget about me. He's like, I couldn't if I tried. (laughs) Not that he would ever try. (laughs) So as we, um, we're going to, First, take the, the uh, cracker representing just uh, the, the body of Christ together. And um, as we do that, um, I, I really want to focus and remember that, that by his stripes we are healed. And so this is not just once you get sick. I, I'm telling you every day of my life, <laughs> most days, I'm finding some time during that day to thank God for Everything that's going right in my body. You know, it's like we often think about what's going wrong when it happens. But man, he is so good at, at keeping us healed and whole. Uh, but he also is really good at healing us when something's wrong. And in case you didn't know this, I am stalling a little bit till we get down here. Um, but good stall. Uh, content stall. Um, that, um, that, you're, that God has given you a body that heals. And it's really important that you understand that, agree with it, thank him for it. It is the power of Jesus in you for sure. But he's also just made us to heal. That's why when you get a scratch a week later, it's gone already. It, and there are many ways in which your body is healing itself. And so sometimes what he also gives us, and you know this, is wisdom. Um, if, if something's off, too much stress, unforgiveness, um, you know, whatever, diet things, exercise things. He's like, yeah, shift some of these things because then your body's going to heal a lot faster because I made it to heal. So that's why sometimes the wisdom comes that way as well. And that's not less spiritual either. It's all the healing of Jesus. All right? Thank you. Okay. So right now, as we, we're going to take together in just a moment um, the, the body of Christ. And we, Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, Jesus. That even before the cross, you were scourged. It's something we don't like to talk about or think about. But the truth is, is that from the prophet Isaiah said that by your stripes, we are healed. There was something about you being the perfect one, the perfect lamb that should never have been uh, mutilated like that. But somehow, in some miraculous way, it is part of what of the miracle of what heals us. And so, as we take this, we thank you, Jesus that your healing is released in our bodies, Christ in us. And so we take this together and we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing us. Thank you, Jesus. And as we do this, Jesus, we again declare that anybody impacted by this virus or anything else, there are many of you sitting in this room who are looking to Jesus as your healer, And I'm releasing and declaring the healing power of Jesus over you, Lord, over all those impacted around the world through this virus. We say, Lord, you've given us authority, and your blood heals. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Even now, I'm seeing, even as we just prayed that, this is very interesting. I saw, like, several angels activated, super happy right now, because we just agreed with the truth of Jesus, and and I see them with several of you, like, you know, they were hovering and kind of descending down and touching your body. I can see one over there. I can see one. Man, I'm seeing different ones. So I just declaring that over you, that the angels aren't the ones that heal. They bring the healing. They are, they are servants of the Lord. 
um, because you're agreeing with heaven, there's a permission granted for them to do what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And now, um, so as we take the cup together, um, earlier we talked about um, how this isn't his, his death was for us individually, yes, but actually uh, it says that Jesus died for all. He died for all. And so corporately, and Lord, I'm, there's no other way of doing this except by a miracle, by grace. I'm saying, Lord, we right now are agreeing for the entire world that your, that your death was enough. We're receiving it for ourselves, yes, but we're saying, Jesus, your death, your sacrifice, it was enough to set everyone in the world free. And so, Lord, for those that don't know you yet, for those that don't know the truth of your grace yet, we are actually taking, consuming this for all. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now before we, we're, we're just about ready to break here, but before we do, just in this moment with the Lord, because he's just reminded you, filled you tonight. If there's somebody he's putting on your heart, somebody that needs him, somebody that's ill and needs his, his uh, touch, just for a moment, I want you to lift those people up. A neighbor, a coworker, someone in your family, just right now, just ask Jesus to touch them. Ask Jesus to heal them. Ask Jesus to be their shepherd, their provider. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. You know, the scripture says that God uses all things for good. Romans 8, 28. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose, he uses all things for good. So I am, I am saying that what to me the Lord was showing me is that, you know, the fear that's, that's going around the world right now, that is not of the Lord, plain and simple. That's, that's the enemy's gig. But God says, I will use all things for my good, which means even fear he can use to draw people to himself. So I'm saying, as you go, just be sensitive, be aware, be compassionate, walk alongside. Remember that you bring peace with you, and people are looking for peace right now. Amen? Um, can I have the prayer teams up? We want to we wanna, uh, make sure people get prayer. We... Um, we just prayed, you know, for healing for you. Um, I know many of you come up again and again and again, uh, it, week after week, and I'm so glad for that, actually. And I want to encourage you, come up again. Like, if you're, if you're still, there's something you're still battling, come up again. Uh, we, we need each other. We need, we need the grace that, he, that we each carry um, that comes through others praying for us. So um, I, just wa- I just want to encourage you with that. There was I, something I just read, and I can't remember where, so my brain was trying to remember. But, but there's no question we are all looking for the day, and, and I'm expecting the day, when we heal just as Jesus did, which means everybody is healed, and, and it's instant, and it's, they're set free, set free. And we do see that at times. Right now, also, um, as we're getting closer to that, I also know that every prayer we pray, it absolutely makes a difference. And that there are some things, and I don't understand all the whys behind this, where it's almost like, if you could see it this way, like the enemy's just hanging on with a little bit of a grip left because of all the prayer, like it can barely hang on. Well, let's just give it one more prayer, right, so that, so that it can't hang on because sickness is not from the Lord. So there you go. I, I, I felt the Father's pride over you tonight, uh, like as you were declaring things and agreeing wholeheartedly. I just felt this yes in my spirit. Like he's like, yes, church, you're getting it. So thank you for using your voices tonight. Thanks for just being here. And um, yeah, come on up if you want prayer. Amen.